So welcome. Hello. Episode four of Cosmic Halitosis. We're there already. We're already there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally. Finally. So, yeah, we haven't done a podcast in a little bit. I like guess. a month. Something like that. It's not been too long. But I got inspired, you know, to put some fire under both of our asses because we were out the other night. And uh, not one, but two people told us they were listening to our podcast. Oh, yeah. And like we're inspired. Halloween, right? What's that? It was Halloween. On Halloween. Mm-hmm. So yes. I was like, man, we should probably do that and not disappoint, disappoint the masses. Yeah. And we set a goal <laughs> of trying to do two, two a month. Yeah. So we we're going to actually really try to do that. Happy November. Happy November. We're going to do it. Yeah. Well, should we do like an, let's like talk about what we've been up to since we last divulged. Uh, what was the last episode was Burning Man would have won. Would have won. Yeah. Uh, so that was like we probably did that mid September. Something like that. End of yeah mid September. Dang, it's been a while. It's we're been a while. we're bad kids. We're delinquent, but it's okay because we've been working on a bunch of other projects. Yeah. What have we been doing? Uh, uh, well, after Burning Man, and the vac bed. Uh, for those listeners who listened to the last episode, we talked about going to one of the kink camps, and I tried a backbed for the first time, and we really liked that, and I was working at Stockroom at the sex store, and had this crazy discount, but I had to quit because I was working too much, so I was like, should I buy this backbed, because it's like $700, but I can get it for super cheap, relatively speaking, relatively cheap right now, should I do it? Fuck yeah, you should have got that yeah, backbed. Yeah, yeah, so... so. We I, did. So we got the back bed. And the main, my like main reason for doing it is like, yeah, it's a fun kink toy, but I also thought of a creative project that I thought would be really fun to work on with it. So the past two weeks, we've been working on that. Yes, we've been doing like humans with pressed flowers. Human? Because, yeah, human fresh, fresh, pressed, <laughs> fresh flowers. freshy flowers, human pressed flower arrangements. Because I've been doing the human floral arrangement thing for like a year and a half almost two years now and this is just this was the next step once i got in my head to do it with a back bed so that's been fun and tem is doing the drone dronography for it dronography aerial aerial photos of people in the back bed with beautiful flowers around them yeah how do you like it so far how are you liking it it's fun looks cool i mean yeah it's a craft. We're, we're the, working it out. I have the super easy part, I guess. Unless it's, like, super windy. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's not. I live in LA. Not too bad. Uh, what else have we been doing? Mm. Uh, jobs. But we, you know, jobs, yeah. A bunch I, don't, of, I don't feel like talking about those. Uh, yeah. Do you have it's any jobs fun. you want to talk about? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> hasn't been that fun. I, mean, I think yeah, the creative stuff is fun. Stuff. Yeah. I modeled for a food replacement oh, yeah. company two days ago uh they're making like these algae based like nutrition bar things which is interesting because this is this whole like food technology revolution thing that kind of soylent started the ball ro- rolling on this idea of like yeah so soylent's like a meal replacement right you're supposed to drink those instead of eating yeah you drink only those uh, i think cause, yeah, it's like slim fast basically for, yeah for like tech people uh but so yeah, this one's like sustainably made just from algae, which can be like pretty quickly and I guess assume somewhat cheaply grown. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think I think the guy was saying in each bar there's like twenty grams of protein or something like that, and the average like protein bar is like 
12, oh, I think wow. he said. So it's pretty high in protein, but the taste for me was pretty gnarly. Yeah. Like, my parents growing up were super hippies, and they would, my dad would make, like, spirulina shakes, like, put spirulina powder in his smoothies and shit like that. So it was very, it's a heavy earth taste. It sounds good to me, <laughs> but I'm, like, a swamp queen. Like, uh, I, I'm about that life. Yeah, give I me, think... Give me duckweed for dinner. Like, that combined with, like, the texture, and I think they were saying also they're working, they're, this isn't the final form that mm. we got to try, so the texture's gonna be different. It was very, like, dry... Mm-hmm. And I bit off a pretty big chunk the first time I had, and I was not prepared. <laughs> it's interesting, but, though. I mean, yeah, like, it's it's a. Uh, it seems like it's gonna be, uh, like the at least the concept of the shoot would be cool. Lots of like green shit in your teeth, which mm-hmm. is funny. I like that they have a sense of humor about what they're doing. Food oh. tech. Oh, what else are we doing? You did we we did Halloween. You're not a big Halloween person. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not a Halloween person but, at all. We got voted best costume. Well, we didn't get unofficially. Unofficially, like one con- person, two, two people. people. <laughs> <laughs> there was, I don't know, it's not like it was a contest. No, it wasn't. But, but. I don't normally like Halloween at all, because I spent so many years dressing up like in like period costume clothing every single day, or like just really out there outfits in college especially, um, that I got... I don't know. I, I probably wasn't that into Halloween before that either. I'm not sure, but I just got very embittered to it and very, like, snobbishly, like, uh, like, Halloween's for amateurs, you know? I do that every day. Every, there's so many people who are like this. I'm not the only person, I think, who has this attitude, especially in, like, creative circles, I'm guessing. Have you ever come across people like that? Mm, yeah, uh, one of our mutual friends I worked with the other day was kind of kind of had the same feeling. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not mad at it. <clears throat> no. But you, did you have fun? I had a great time. We were dressed as um gummy mummies. Yeah, we were latex we're, mummies. We were latex mummies. All that latex from stockroom is like my new go-to. So I wasn't that excited about going out for Halloween. That was excited to wear latex out in public. Yeah. In general. That was probably the only thing motivating me to get out of the house that night. And I wore part of my birthday present. Genevieve got me oh, yeah. a latex outfit for my birthday this year. So I wore the pants for that, which was fun. Yeah. New adventures in, New adventures. in Kingster homogeny. <laughs> but we're trying to do but we're trying to do latex in our own way. <laughs> what else have we been up to? <laughs> Latex. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to do a lot of creative projects now that I'm only working a few days a week to make the most of that time off. You know, we're working on um, a line of uh, plant and wood floggers together. Impact toys. Impact toys. Yeah. Floggers. Tempa's been making paddles for a while. Well... Uh, yeah he's been experimenting experimenting i haven't really i made one like a year ago and then two more Mm -hmm. you made made a birthday present for a friend yeah and then he's also making i've been i've so i've had in my mind for literally since my first day in los angeles i've had this idea to have like fake plant like high quality fake plants as impact play tools and by impact play for those of you who don't know we mean things like whipping spanking flogging 
paddling. Paddling. Just kind of like shit you hit people yeah, with. Yeah, <laughs> things things you think of as hitting people with, and normally those things are made with like leather or silicone or um, now they're making or uh, like rubber sometimes. Yeah. Mostly leather, I want to say. Wood. Leather and wood. Yeah, pretty traditional. Um, but so I, this is a project I've been wanting to work on for a super long time, and then when Tema made this paddle. And I finally got around to buying some plants. Now we've decided to kind of put them together. And Tema's making these really gorgeous wooden handles for these plants that I'm sourcing from different, these fake plants that I'm sourcing and then creating these new tools that are kind of in line with this sacred sadism, like earth-based BDSM theme that I've been playing with in my art for a few years. So that's been really exciting. Yeah, they're like functional impact art pieces because you could also just hang them on your wall if you wanted to yeah they're really no nice. one would be <laughs> they're wiser like, they're like perfect for like a silver lake airbnb host who doesn't want their guests to know that they're into kank yeah because they can just put it on the wall and it looks like an air plant or something <laughs> you know it's perfect there's i think it's yeah i'm really really excited about it so we had like a good look what i see them over there one two three four five six about six of six them done yeah six of them sort of start. prototypes just things to like look at and, and we'll probably be making them like one off we're gonna call it sacred sadism so i think that's simple and i've already branded a bunch of stuff under that heading yeah that's exciting though that's yeah. like literally like literally the day that i stepped onto the soil of la that was like my very first project i had and now it's been i've been here for almost four years and i'm finally doing it well i'm happy I to be a part of it and to help you i bring needed it to meet you life and well, thank you for inspiring me to make shit, too. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't make them without you, because, like, I just didn't have the, like, that was, like, the part of the formula. It was, like, how to make it a toy instead of just a product, like, a product that already exists that I'm calling a toy. You know yeah. what I mean? So, look at that, you guys. Everything happens, and it's class. And, like, we met, we lived a block away, oh, my God, and now we're making vloggers together. Yay. And suctioning people into bed. <laughs> so we've been having fun. A little bit of fun. Oh, we're doing more performing together, too. Oh, yeah. Because we did... The Payasa. last party we did, that was... Re yeah, Payasa was recent. Mm-hmm. And even the one before that, right? That was <clears throat> after we got back from Burning Man, I yeah. think? Or was that before? I really can't remember, to be honest. Uh -huh. Well, let's say it was after. So we did two, and we have another one coming up. Uh, in November. Yeah, we're performing at a kink party together, which should be pretty fun. Yeah. Doing um, the floral human arrangement that I've been doing in most of my performances in the past few years. Um, and Temba, mo I think of you as like modeling for that. It's not so much that I'm doing a dom scene. <clears throat> and I haven't really thought of any of the times I've done it as that. Maybe the first time I did it, because yeah. it was a sub who I had found on Caller Space who was like genuinely into objectification, mummification, and like. But it wasn't really sexualized. Maybe it was thrilling for him in some way, but yeah. I still felt like it was kind of just, like, performative. Um, but anyway, we're doing that, so that's where I create a floral arrangement using Temba's body as, like, kind of an armature to build off of. And then the way that we did it at Payasa, which is my friend Marcel's party, clown party that he throws, um, he asked us to perform, and we did it as a switch scene, which meant I did Temba as this floral bouquet arranging him for a while and then we switched and he took the flowers out and flagellated and spanked me with those 
And ran into some cactuses. And ran into some cactuses. Did you run into cactuses? Yeah. You got cactus tines in you? I don't think they stuck in me, but they definitely mm. poked me. Yeah. So that's the news from... The news news. Echo Park Village. <laughs> um, Cuckoo's still alive. Our uh. cat is still alive. And then I guess one of the other thing we were going to talk about on this this episode was... I noticed yesterday somebody, somebody on Twitter was talking about... <clears throat> The aftermath of Me Too. Hashtag Me Too. Mm, the aftermath. Which what I think were they is, saying? Um, I can't remember what it was about, but I what I picked out of that tweet that I thought was interesting was this idea of the aftermath of hashtag Me Too. Um, and I'm sure everybody who's listening knows what hashtag Me Too came out of the Harvey Weinstein sexual assault. Um, Kate, I don't want to say. Al- I don't want to say allegations because it's like. Yeah. It's like, the, that, like, belittles the experience of the people. The most recent people to come forward. Yeah, the most recent people to come forward. Um, and it spurred a bunch of people who have also experienced... Most most people, <laughs> or women in particular, who have experienced sexual assault and harassment, rape, etc. in their life to come forward and talk about that in whatever capacity they wanted to. So we've been talking about that, I guess, since... Pretty much since the day that that hashtag came out because yeah. you came to me and said i want to say me too do you think that's appropriate basically yeah which i thought was really like i don't know smart to talk to somebody about it i guess in a way yeah because I, I mean i did see i mean i guess i i i understand like why it's not appropriate to do that because it's kind of Right now, like, the, the whole thing is dealing with women bringing light and sharing their experiences with that, and me as a dude to kind of tag on to that um, kind of draws away from that a bit. But and at the same time, a lot of people did do that. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people of did. But also at the same <clears throat> time, like, I will also have a feeling, uh, like, maybe that's not the appropriate time to do that, but... Uh, sexual assault and harassment happens to a lot of men mm-hmm. as well and I think that needs to be something that's in the awareness yeah and it's like when does that when does the time come like if that yeah. wasn't the time when is the time like when is it appropriate for men to be like these are experiences I've had and like this isn't just something that happens to women not to negate or like say yeah, that's not, not to... valuable, but just to be like, why are we like this as a culture? Yeah. As because a, it's something, it's rampant. rampant. It's, it's, it's not just, uh, it's certainly experienced in different ways by different parts of the population mm-hmm. and to different degrees. Um, but it's something I would, would, uh, wager almost everyone has experienced mm-hmm. in some shape or form mm-hmm. um and it's yeah it's it's so pervasive it's like this whole kind of uh i don't know in our culture where like whether you want to talk about like sexism racism classism mm-hmm. like it's all connected to me mm-hmm. i see it as all being like they're different facets mm-hmm. of kind of like the system that we have going on but yeah it's it's everywhere you can't i don't think you can fucking throw a rock to a part of our culture that isn't touched by it 
and it's oh, I, th- I feel like dismantling it is uh, something that we have to do as a systemic thing right like because it's all like if you kind of it's kind of like whack-a-mole you're like start going after it over here and then it's just popping up over right, in another absolutely. spot well something like since you and I started seeing each other that like I find in like our conversations has been like a challenge and like a point of growth for us is like you're very like adamant about taking like kind of trying to strip away labels stripping away like binary associations binary assumptions mm-hmm. right and I think some of the issue with like the me too not not even an issue I think me too is like important that people had like a voice and a platform to talk about their experiences if they wanted to but this idea of <clears throat> making it like just for women and like the men who said this has happened to me too obviously they weren't like maybe understanding the gist of it or whatever but that it's still like those people need to have a platform and a voice as well right yeah um and that whole kind of like conversation really again made it like men women men women men women and not accepting that like this is like you said like very systemic and like based on something else yeah entirely so like i don't know i guess i'm like i think it's really important what you talk about or what we talk about a lot in our conversations is like the the label of stuff, you know? He, she, him, her, them, they, this, that, that race, this race, that whatever, religion, this religion, whatever, all yeah. the, like, I don't know. I think, uh, like, if you want to take um, kind of racism as an example, it's, like, it's a tool for division. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of labeling... Uh, doesn't necessarily have to be that because it's it's just that it's a label but it's something that's very easy to get into uh, othering and like tribalizing Mm -hmm. I think that's we run into a lot of problems with uh, I don't know kind of a lot of movements becoming like these like rigid ideologies and using those labels as maybe they're not consciously doing it, but it's just perpetuating this kind of system of separation and like binaries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, kind of like I guess you could take like I don't know, like hardcore like social justice movements and stuff like that, where they're like silencing other people and stuff like that, where it's it's like, well, you want to be heard, but. It's like, this or nothing. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, yeah, that's like also what's really tricky about that is like, when it's like, when there is a moment where you need to tell someone to like fall back and be quiet, like we were kind of talking about this the other day, right? But like, when, when is, when is the appropriate time to be like, I actually need to shut up because of my motorcycle, (laughs) because of like my the fact that I've taken up space and taken up the floor for so long, like, I don't, it's like, it's like people, but people need to like look with, like somehow people need to learn to look within themselves and learn how to shut themselves up. Yeah, that's self-awareness. Right. So how do people get to that point? I don't know. It's, it's very hard, especially like, no matter who you happen to be in this culture, like, hmm. I feel like there's honest, it's, uh, like a lot of that honest kind of stuff 
like self-reflection stuff like whether you happen to be like at the top or the bottom is like shut down in or can be shut down like as you're growing up in a number of ways mm-hmm. like whether it's like you're a dude and you're conditioned not to be in touch with your emotions or um or, or a woman being told to just silenced in general yeah. and yeah yeah and that yeah um I really I really don't know if there's like a general fix for that you know I don't know but it's something I'd love to hear some ideas on yeah. other people's <laughs> ideas for sure I mean I think I think a, a piece of it I, I do believe it's something I do believe it's something everyone can do it's you might not be able to unless you reach a certain level of self-awareness where you're able to like reflect on yourself and mm-hmm. like seek out um like ways that you can be um aware of those things basically um, aware and those things meaning like i think in a way like not exerting like the will to power over other people yeah is that what we're talking about kind of like when because we're talking in vague like vagaries oh true bit. well i mean more on a inner per like a personal level like like kind of like oh am i taking up taking space space. am i who am i who am i speaking to who Mm -hmm. needs to be heard here Mm -hmm. or like um and also kind of what we talked about before or some of the conversations we've had before is uh about kind of like as a dude if you're listening to uh to women or as a person of color listening to or a, a, a white person listening to color of people speaking kind of like that snap judgment to to be on the defensive when you're hearing stuff maybe it doesn't necessarily apply to you personally but uh it can be taken personally mm-hmm. and uh not going into defense mode but just like hearing uh what the person or group of people are saying without taking it too personally mm-hmm. and it's that's a hard thing to do like I'm fucking guilty of that I think, I think all of us I think that's what people are talking about when they're talking about white fragility male fragility like that's what that is that's what yeah. that term was created for is like because we also talk a lot about terms like we've talked about what is toxic masculinity what is fragility what are these things and like what you're I think what you're talking about is like that white, white fragility is that thing of like oh you just said that like white people are like this or like they called me mayo like I'm gonna oh, you know like getting like not understanding that it's coming from a place of trying to like express pain or anger and like that it's time to sit and listen when you hear that you know yeah well I don't I don't necessarily mean kind of like one of those catch-all terms like mayo or I mean more like I don't know something like direct being told uh, yeah something a bit like more direct mm-hmm. um like someone, uh, I don't know, maybe not, uh, someone like talking about their experience, um, like with men or with men and, um, someone immediately jumping in kind of like, a, oh, not me. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? <laughs> maybe yeah, I'm not no, no, that does make sense. But that's what I'm saying is those, that's what those terms are like. So like we were talking about how you kind of like don't like labels, right? Yeah. But some of these terms, or I would say that's more like a term than a label. Let's say male, let's talk about male fragility for one, right? Or white fragility, which are like, ter- like almost like social justice terms, right? That are used when talking about these things. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, that term, to me, and I have to look it up to see, like, what it's, like, universally believed to be, but, like, those terms are about that defensiveness, you yeah, know? That about sense. that, like, somebody said something that's triggered something in me that maybe I recognize in myself or maybe I don't want to recognize in myself, and rather than, like, listen to it, take it in, like, digest it, think about it, maybe grow from it. Ideally, I'm going to, like, go on the defense and, like, say that's not me, that's not a part of me at all. You know, um, maybe it also has to do with just, yeah, like I said, I'd have to look the terms up, but like some, like, I think it just seems like it mostly comes from a defensive place of like, oh, you've hurt me by like telling me what you think. Like your feelings hurt me. Or your, you expressing your experience. Hurts me somehow. Yeah, it hurts me. Mm -hmm. Which isn't how that, that's what I think it means to like take up more space than you should. Because like there's a moment where someone's supposed to be given the space to talk about their experience and you're making it about you yeah and yeah and uh going on with that i think uh yeah having those having spaces where people can talk about their experiences is really important i personally think we need more of that where those people who may be on the other side whether it's a man or a white person um need to be present and hear those things mm-hmm. and like I'm I understand why people want like safe spaces safe spaces and stuff like that but to me personally I don't know I, th- I feel like for me a safe space is like with my friends or um you know people I'm close with to if I'm like I can't handle having any critiques right now mm-hmm. kind of thing but I I think I think honest and open dialogue is something that's lacking and that's important um i do think people who have experiences where they've been marginalized need to talk openly about those and the people on the other side from those experiences need to hear that Mm -hmm. as well um well and this idea too of people who've been marginalized it's like taking it back to the me too thing of like some probably some of these men who came and were like me too we're coming from a place of truly feeling like they've been marginalized or hurt or abused in some way, but have never had the chance to talk about it, right? Yeah. So there's something interesting in that, too, where there's, like, for whatever reason, there's always, like, a hierarchy created of, like, well, you're a white male, so you've had no bad experiences and everything's been fine, you know what I mean? But yeah. there's everyone's been hurt and in pain. It's true. You yeah. know? And so, like, one person's experience of Me Too is something that someone else you wouldn't think would relate to can relate to, and then there can be, like, a connection, right? Yeah. And like a point of contact, a point of like, fuck, well, this is something that fucks us all up. What is this? Where did this come from? What is this? But how can that person speak to that experience while still giving this other person like room and air to breathe and grieve and feel what they felt in a, that's been different than this other person's way that they felt it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you could almost, if you take the sex out of it, like there may be like, yeah, this person who had a really, or I mean, if you just focusing on women, if, like this woman here might have had a really terrible traumatic thing, and this woman here may have had something a bit less traumatic, totally. but there's space for both of those. You I know? actually had a com- and mm-hmm. they're like, why are like uh, I feel like there should be space for that to build that bridge to men mm-hmm. as well like because those more of those connections and bridges mm-hmm. that are made uh 
the more everyone's invested in how how do we fix this? How do we stop this from happening? How do we mm-hmm. and I mean it's 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 easy and it literally is the answer for to say like, well men stop doing this. Mm-hmm. But those people I feel like it's important to have compassion as well for the other side in in instances because I mean when you look at like people who are like child molesters like most of those people were molested when they were children Mm -hmm. so like these things are coming from somewhere Mm -hmm. and uh, unfortunately we live in a pretty sick society so a lot of the shitty things that are happening are coming coming as a result of that no matter where you are Mm -hmm. um, living in that or no matter where you are are as a person in that society and every single one of us has been a perpetrator of that yes we've the all we're all victims and perpetrators and that was like the thing i guess coming out of that that i was focusing the most on i guess was the own like for me owning times when i've been a perpetrator mm-hmm. too and really seeing other friends of mine people i know come to that women come to that realization as well and to me there's like something very important and powerful about that and men and women were doing that you know what I mean yeah like yeah me too and so and it was me it was like the other hashtag it was me um and that that's I think to me like the most one of the most important things that can come out of all of that dialogue it's there's like healing for people who are victims healing for people who are victims and perpetrators because like recognizing that you've taken on that behavior hurts too yeah. To be like, whoa, I'm part of this sick, fucked up system that, like, I claim to not be about, but it's, like, infected me, I'm a part of it, I continue it. That, I think, is, like, this the part of the process of, like, healing that stuff and trying to figure out, like, how you can individually move forward in a way that's less oppressive and caustic and toxic to the people and earth and environment around you, you know? Yeah. But I was going to say one of my friends at work talked to me like the day or two after the Me Too hashtag came out and she was like, can I talk to you? Because you're kind of my like, she called me her spirit animal, which is <laughs> fucking weird and appropriation, but whatever. I was like, okay, I'm your spirit animal. What's up? She was like, I want to talk to you about the Me Too thing because like I put Me Too and I feel like I haven't had bad enough experiences, I haven't suffered enough, I'm not enough of a victim to have done that, and I feel really guilty about doing that, you know? And that's, like, to me, I was just like, no, girl, like, you've, all these things you've experienced are valid. What you're feeling is valid. You're, you know, you're relating to other people's experiences that might be fucking horrendous, but not the same horrendous that you've experienced. It's still fucking valid, you know? Yeah, and men, <laughs> and men relating to that, too. The men who, like you, had the impulse to be like, yeah, fuck me, too. Yeah, this, this fucking sucks that this is a part of our our culture, that people do each other so dirty, beyond dirty, you know? So I don't know. That's, like... I think that's also really important is to not place like shame and like again be creating these hierarchies of like most depressed least depressed most horrific least horrific you know like these scales of like what's the bad things that have happened you know yeah but at the same time like i was saying like we were talking about the other day how do you decide who needs the floor right yeah i mean we can say like white men have had the floor for a really really long time maybe it's time for them to like step back a little bit 
white women have had the floor for a really fucking long time. Maybe it's time for us to step back a little bit, right? Yeah. And just like think, just kind of like his, like kind of knowing history, kind of understanding the way that this shit has all played out is like important to it. But I again, like I sort of feel like what's with the higher, what's with the hierarchy too. Yeah. Know? Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. Like my, I guess my impulse is to kind of look at like whose whose lives are most at risk right now or whose communities are kind of um most like, in need or mo- yeah mo- like yeah most most uh being torn apart like what uh, because of the system we have here who's who is suffering um, most, but I mean that's hard too because how do that's you judge that? Thing. Exactly, <laughs> it's like maybe I, Trump, the dude in power, is suffering more than any motherfucker. Yeah, in a but totally I mean, different, different way. way. But I mean, he doesn't <laughs> like he's not most like at risk for being like starving to death or something. Yes, yeah, starving to death or is like it? shot by a cop or like yeah, raped by a cop or something. A lot of people um, have made death threats against him though. So I mean, he is probably he, he is probably in fear for his life every day, yeah. but he does have like a pretty good have, like, insulation around <laughs> him to prevent that from happening. But I mean, it probably he probably lives in fear for his life every day. Yeah. Do you think, or is he? I don't, I don't, know. I don't know. I don't pay I that don't much know. attention to that guy, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, the the thing the thing about it being like a systemic problem too is. We have to, I, f- I feel like maybe it's got to be like a thing where it's got to be like a huge change that we all decide to do. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, kind of like that think globally, act locally thing yeah. comes to mind. Like, what do we really have that much influence over? It's like our small mm-hmm. circles of influence is what we really have mm-hmm. um, influence over. But at the same time, it's like our does that like spread from our small communities get getting changing changing the structure of government and stuff like that in our small communities and up to the state level does that spread all the way out to the national level Mm -hmm. because like uh like kind of like how a lot of like people talking about uh like sociology and like corporations and stuff corporations are a life form now they uh they act in their own interest so like corporations are people corporations are people are um, our system of government, like federal government, is a life form and it's mm-hmm. acting in its own interest to keep itself alive and to keep growing. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that we need to like overthrow? Cut the fucking head off of? Yeah, right. <laughs> Hydra? Uh, yeah, because it's, it's something that. Is just like got its fingers so deep into every aspect of our lives, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's like a <clears throat> kind of like a what's it called when cells divide? Mitosis. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but it's like it's a it's a, it's like a little. If you want to think of like Europe as a fucking like the mother, it's like a little baby that split off of England and like set its tendrils down over here in the United mm-hmm. States and like grew into a bigger monster <laughs> or just like a 
copy of the monster that was over there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like it's. I feel like we have to start thinking at more of this systemic problem. Like people are are seeing pieces of it. Like okay, they connected like the government and like the prison industrial complex, mm-hmm. and they're like okay, these things are linked, mm-hmm. and like fucking over the environment and big industry and Mm -hmm. government like Mm -hmm. okay this is all linked Mm -hmm. and like we can make the connections of racism and that and like Mm -hmm. okay you got to pull sexism into there too because that's also part of this Mm -hmm. thing and 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 thinking and pulling together as a people to tackle this more as Mm -hmm. as this big thing because we've I feel like up until now, mostly we've been just trying to, we've just been cutting little heads off and then another one springs up mm-hmm. and it's like, what are, what are we doing? We're mm-hmm. just whack-a-mole kind of. So do you think movements like um, Me Too or like things where people can individually share their experiences and then that holds other, that starts to make other people realize they also need to be accountable for the actions their actions do you think that that has a positive effect overall what do you think of like that kind of activism like mm. personal broadcasted it's like the you know the, you know the phrase the personal is political it's kind of like that mm-hmm. it's like if i share my personal experience and now we have these broadcast platforms where we can talk about those experiences to like a much wider audience do you think that that helps like you said turn the tides or like I think in ways it does because it it can show people they're not alone mm-hmm. and I, I don't know and anyone who I mean I've seen I saw a couple people that were like oh my god I didn't know it was like this and like yeah. if you didn't think a hundred percent of the women you know <laughs> experienced this I don't know what you're doing yeah, with your life but uh I think yeah it it it's uh it and it, it may it can make it personal uh, which I think is an important thing in understanding other people's perspectives that you can't r- really understand because you are not that person. You're not in a woman's body. You're not a brown person. Like mm-hmm. uh, having people close to you um, talk about their experience is the best way to, I think, be get personally invested in helping in those causes. Of course, there's some people who just don't give a fuck. Right. Um, there are a lot. They're, sorry. They're they're not there yet, I guess, and I don't I don't know how you you can't force someone to be there, but it's like the more it's it's kind of like uh, I don't know like people who are like were racist or like hated gay people until like. Oh, their cousin came out or right. a black person moved next door well, and they yeah. saw that they had that personal relationship right. and like oh or their sister tells them about their um sexual assault story and they're like oh this shit is close to the home well and there's actually right. like a lot of criticism about that online i noticed that like when matt damon or ben affleck or whoever came out and was like i or a lot of men a lot of men in power came out and said I would hate for my daughter or my sister to grow up in a world like this. And they like a lot, they were criticized for that stance because it's like, why are you not just, why does it take being like blood linked, i.e. like narcissistically attached Mm. to somebody else for you to understand this? Yeah. And I think that's a good point. It is. It's a good point to be like, it actually shouldn't have to be personal. 
you know? Yeah, you it can should, see this is wrong. It should just be, like, human <laughs> kindness, like, a human desire to see all people treated well, whether you have a vested interest in their being treated well or not. Like, caring about your daughter is like, yeah, it's your gene pool. Of course you don't want her to get hurt, you yeah. know? But being like, oh, there's that... And that's the kind of thing that makes it so that, like, you see the refugee babies drowning in the sea and you don't care because you don't have any fucking connection yeah. to that, you know? Well, that's the, I mean, that's the culture that we grew up in. And that's how, why it makes so e- makes it so easy for people to be taken advantage of, to have, to extricate wealth, extricate resources, extricate sex, extricate life force from other people in our society like I mean there's by design Mm -hmm. from the beginning like Mm -hmm. with stealing this land from the natives with Mm -hmm. starting industry with free labor like it's 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 all to kind of separate you from the actions yeah it's that that separation allows you to do horrible things Mm -hmm. and like it's like we're saying, it's so pervasive, it's so ingrained in us. No matter who you are, like you're you're guilty of it in one way or another, and you've enacted it on other people. Do you think that's like? Do you think that idea of like separating yourself from like atrocious acts is related to this idea you talk about of like labels being another way of separating? Do you think it's part of the same mechanism, where like race as a construct, gender as a construct, all these things that are used to create divides is like similar? It's like a social justice industrial complex or something. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. If you, I think are they related? I don't because the way you talked about that uh, is so, so, sort of similar to the way you talk about yeah the I way mean, labels divide people rather than <clears throat> unite. Whereas I know I'm oh sorry go ahead. I was gonna say whereas when we when we've had this conversation and we've come to like an understanding you and I and the differences that been of opinion that we have in this whereas I've often said the reason we have these labels is so that people can find a way to connect to one another to find like-minded people who maybe they wouldn't have thought were like-minded you know what I mean yeah who maybe people who like they couldn't have found any other way except that they were on this forum for like LGBTQ youth who are like trans and live in Alabama and someone over here and then they're able to find community and find ways of like connecting to people and feeling less alone you know yeah I mean that's I mean, to me the the benefit of labels is it's just it's like a sorting hat and you you find the people that you're gonna you want to I, I agree with you on that and that it's a beautiful thing uh, with that but it's also you know it's a tool um because it can't, it can't be used as it, a device. Yeah, tool. it's like it's like a knife. You can cut up a pie and give pie to all your friends, or you can fucking stab somebody. Mm-hmm. And and that's a really really good metaphor. Yeah, and I feel like uh, othering and and this the tribal tribalization to me, I see so much of it being used negatively. That's why I'm so like. I don't, I don't think everyone's mature enough to really, to, or I don't know if mature is the right word, but I, I, see, I see people using it for good, and I see a lot of sloppy bullshit happening with it, too. We've experienced sloppy bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> the way people use it. Um, their attempts at being perfectly PC, like, end up being so divisive and hurtful. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, I think one 
outcome. And it's like, at the end of the day, if people were just being real and trying their best to respect people when they say, oh, I want to be regarded as this or, yeah. or you know, acknowledged as this and you respect that. Just be genuine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, I mean, like you see all this stuff with like, quote unquote, the left eating itself with like, mm-hmm. yeah, the call out culture and like hardcore, like SJWs, social justice warriors, if you don't know. Um, just like, yeah, like going after each other and like, it's just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I read this like, one article that was called, uh, <laughs> expel or some, uh, like, what's the word for when you get kicked out of a church? Excommunicated. Excommunicate me from the church of social justice. Oh, yeah. And it was someone who had been like really, really deeply and it was kind of talking about this super toxic, culty, like extremely divisive like culture and language that exists within the like kind of upper echelons of that work you yeah. know what i mean Where, which very, sounds like, super political it too. sounds political yeah, it sounds like the same the same shit you know like who's more justice than thou kind of thing. yeah like i mean i don't know that's not honestly like i have not i don't have that much experience in those spheres but yeah i mean it kind of goes back to what you were saying about like the labels and using those to divide it's like where i see a lot of these movements that I see a lot of good potential and a lot of good intentions, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like, it's kind of like the, what's that saying? Using the master's tools to... Dismantle the master's. The the saying is you You can't can't use the master's tools to dismantle the master's. Yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of just the same shit being repeated, different groups of people, different, different agendas, but... And maybe different and like possibly better intentions like yeah good intentions good intentions but it but seems a lot of the times it ends up if it just ends up re-establishing power structures and systems of domination and control then what's yeah. the point <laughs> <laughs> we need to get away from this idea that you have to lord over yeah. someone else and control what someone else is doing well and that's tricky because i think it's deeply ingrained in us i mean it's ingrained in everything it's ingrained in our sexuality we find s&m sexy because it's taboo to control another person yeah because it's taboo and like i mean the the idea of total power exchange is exactly about domination in its like rawest form you know like making a person do whatever the fuck you want them to do and that exists so prevalently in the world that being able to play with it and having control in it and having someone to play with those ideas with is liberating because we don't really have that control to and ability to play in this world yeah you know we do in our relationship in our interpersonal relationships where we give it we give each other permission to do that but you don't have that power in the world i don't have that power in the world you know and that's where like playing at it is enjoyable but like I was telling I'm writing this essay called BDSM and the perverse privilege of submission and I was talking to you a little bit about it because when I was writing it the other day I was talking about I'd gotten into that that part of it of like Mm -hmm. would kink exist would power exchange and S&M exist if we lived in a world where there was an equalitarian baseline where people weren't willing to power where people were like there wasn't this like lack of freedom so this like freedom to control other people became like kinky or something do you know what i'm saying Mm, yeah i don't but what did you think um i think yeah i remember that conversation i think i think it would still like kink play would still be a thing maybe it wouldn't be as big of a thing but um 
because I mean, right now there there's like fetishes that are like unrealizable. Right. Like, so like being people eaten. are still fetishizing like things yeah. that aren't we can't play with because they're just not possible in this dimension space yeah. time that we're existing in right now. <laughs> the fact that like the types of like SM play that exist are so prevalent. Like most people, whether they're considered consider themselves kinksters or not, like they're I don't know. I would love to know the percentage based on a poll of, like, women who like being spanked, right? Or choked. Or have a rape fantasy. You know? That was also something with Me Too that I was found very, like, it's interesting. You know, when you find out through these posts, the number of women, not find out, but you become, it's, like, out there, okay, this many women have been assaulted or raped or whatever the experience is. But to also know that sexually, that's, like, one of the number one female fantasies is to be raped. Why is it a fantasy? I think it's a fantasy because you want to take that experience back and make it your own and turn it, have, have control of something that you never had control of. Yeah. You know? And I mean, to me, that's part of the submission thing is too, is just being like, I get to be in control of this thing that does happen to me without my consent. Now I have control and I have full consent, you know? Yeah. And that's, but it's like, would that exist if the world wasn't like that? Would I have that same kinky desire? Would my brain be like, like biologically, am I biologically wired to be that way? Because it's yeah. been this way for so long? You know, that it just reminded me of something interesting. Um, I think it was when I was listening to one of uh, Chris Ryan's podcasts, and they were talking about uh, kind of like in some of the hunter, <clears throat> excuse me, hunter-gatherer tribes that are still in existence now. And they were saying... Uh, like a lot of kink does not exist. I can't them. imagine that it would, um, you know. Because to me, that's what it is. It's not, it's and like it's a, not sick. It's not sick and wrong in and of itself. You it's know a way I mean? to deal with. It's a and, way to deal with a really sick culture. Yeah. It's a way to try to grant, gain like autonomy and agency over something you were born into. Yeah. You know, something that you didn't ever have control over that affects every aspect of your life. But I mean, at the same time, a lot of those tribes have things we would consider extremely unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, the semen warriors in Papua New Guinea, mm-hmm. which is where, uh, I forget the name of the tribe, but um, the young boys go to live with all the men warriors, and they uh, essentially, like, ingest their semen to they believe will make them big and strong and so yeah these young (laughs) (laughs) so like these young boys like are basically yeah Mm -hmm. giving blowjobs to all the male warriors of the tribe and like that's how you become a man and people are like oh it's horrible it's it's child abuse it's sexual abuse for children but like that's their culture like you can't fucking put your western ideals on somebody else I mean to me that's all cultural relativism yeah and it's yeah it's it's they don't have a problem with it. It's like, it's not wrong to them. Like, you can't force your ideals onto someone else. Maybe some of the kids don't like it. But, yeah. You know what I mean? You can't say yeah, that you can't say everyone, everybody is about this life. But still, who are we to fucking tell someone else their culture is wrong? Mm-hmm. Like, if they get exposed to other cultures or and change that on their own, that's their... Um, that should be their autonomous decision to do as a group. Like, we, we have no business coming into someone else's sphere and telling them what is right and wrong Mm -hmm. like yeah that sounds fucking weird to me but I have to respect their culture you know right 
Um, so, I mean, yeah, that, that, that could be, like, something we would consider kinky and weird. Mm-hmm. Well, I was gonna say to you, I mean, like, the thing about, like, kink and SM and all of that is that it's, like, so often framed as, like, like, when I went to the Los Angeles Public Library looking for books on kink a few years ago, it was all shelved in the incest section. Which I found really disturbing, you know? Yeah. Because it's still, like, BDSM is still framed as something that comes as, like, a sickness of the individual mind. You know what I mean? Like, it's still in the DSMV as a pathological compulsion or something like that. A mm. sexual, it's like a sexual disorder, BDSM. Like, it's st- if you go to a psychologist <laughs> and you tell, like, depending on who your psychiatrist is, if you go in there and tell them the kind of kinky shit you're into, they might try to put you on antipsychotics, you know? Because that's like that's what it's considered to be. Yeah. Um, instead of looking, and this is just my opinion on all psychotic or or sorry psychiatric diagnos- diagnosis, is instead of looking at the sickness of the culture that you're in. Because I don't really think like most individuals are sick, you know. Yeah. I really <laughs> don't. I think that they're responding they're, to an environment. They're coping. They're coping in the best way they can to with... a really imbalanced culture that's creating a really imbalanced environment on an imbalanced planet, like yeah. a deeply imbalanced planet. We're, we're not designed to live the way we're living. Like, no. this is not natural for us. No. I mean, it's what we've created, and we are nature. Yeah. But, I mean, not all, like, animals are have this, like, will to dominate that we have. Maybe mm. the ants. <laughs> Maybe the ants, because the ants try to take over our house any chance They're they get. They're just looking for food. <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know. Like, and we've talked a bunch, kind of, of, like, where did this system of domination come from? Like, mm-hmm. how, did, how, did it, how did it get its roots so deep in us? Because it's been with us for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't always with us. Like, I, know, I think we've probably referenced this book before. Like, uh, Chalice and the Blade or Sex of Dawn? Oh, Sex of Dawn, also Chalice and the Blade. Because he, t- he references Chalice and the Blade in yeah. Sex of Dawn, right? Yeah. Um, and I got a new book by Ryan Eisler in The Chalice and the Blade. We have talked about it before. I got a new book by her called Sensual Pleasure. Pleasure? Sensual, sacred, sensu- sacred sensuality. I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> I got it in the mail. Um, but that's talking, then that's kind of taking her ideas about what happened. What was the shift from partnership model, she calls it, which some people call matriarchy, but she very specifically calls partnership model. To, do- to dominator model, which other people would call patriarchy. Historians, depending on who you're talking to, same exact time periods, different terms. I really like that she uses those terms. Yeah, yeah. And we've talked about this because I guess you and I have had this discussion about how patriarchy, and I think this is true for a lot of men, comes off as like a kind of like a, a backhand or like an insult to men in general, rather than seeing it as like a shift in like... Or weren't we talking and it's, about... I guess it... it it can be used or is frequently used as an as a, yeah or a, again um, uh, men are bad men are bad yeah it's, used, it's, it's used in a misandrous tone a yeah, lot of times yeah where I, I don't think that's constructive yes there are a lot of fucked up shit that men are involved in doing um there are a lot of but female th- accomplices yes to there are, but that we have to realize this isn't men this is a system that we are all living in mm-hmm. um and I I think I think we have to be careful with using um, these polarizing words, which are gendered, and because there's a lot of people who aren't thinking about um, 
the systems and stuff like that and end up uh, absorbing these attitudes and, and kind of the... They're absorbing the gendered version of those words, yes. right? Because those words Where are gendered. It is, yeah. yeah. Patriarch it, is father, matriarch is mother, and yeah. those are gendered words, even though I think men can be mothers, yeah, women can is. be fathers, but, it, like, you know... We all have masculine and feminine inside mm-hmm. of us. Like, some are less balanced in mm-hmm. some individuals, but um, the potential for either is in everyone. So using words, this is why I really appreciate that she uses and talks about why she uses the words partnership model versus dominator model. Yeah. Because it's getting to the heart of it rather than like... Um, getting distracted with getting kind of distracted the, because, the polarizing. Yeah, because if you get distracted in that, then you're, you're, it's a, you're losing like momentum in a way. People yeah. who could be like on board with the cause of like, yeah, partnership does make a lot more sense than domination. Actually, partnership's going to benefit me more than trying to rape, pillage, and steal from people. Like, yeah. actually, this is a better way. But if they just hear patriarchy, I mean, you hear, you hear people be, say patriarchy is the bad way, and you're like, but I'm a patriarch because patriarch means male father, whatever. And then you just start, it's like a, it's a depreciating term, right? Yeah. Or deprecating or whatever. Yeah. And it doesn't... And it can also be... Oh, I forgot the word, never mind. <laughs> but, yeah, I think... I'm really glad that you and I have had all these conversations about it because it's made me recognize, too, the way that the language that you choose can help people. You pro- a lot of people probably have the same exact ideas. Love each other, help each other, I'll help you, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine, it's all, like what most people probably want yeah, and, and they want their needs met yeah and they want to feel loved and, and warm and fed and the more for. people you can get on board with you like the better and the less you make people feel excluded mm-hmm. or bad mm-hmm. for something they can't help like i think i think we really need to look at like kind of not excusing not to say that i'm trying to excuse um shitty behavior from any side but I, I feel like the... Or, or the historically, like, men have been the ones in power. Yeah. Men have been the ones to enact, like, mass genocide and, uh, on women, mass, like, reproductive control, mass enslavement. Like, it has been men. Yes. It's not that that doesn't exist. No, not at all. But it's... It, it, the point is we fix, have to work together. Yeah, fixing, <laughs> fixing this thing's not going to happen without the help. As much as, like, Wonder Woman, Glamazon Warrior is, like, a beautiful yeah. idea, I think it's going to be way more helpful to, like, use both halves of humanity instead of trying to cut one out. Yeah, it's, that's... I mean, that cutting, cutting, cutting out is more of the quote-unquote patriarchy. Exactly. That's, that's more domination. Exactly. Well, and that... That's, like, also, I guess, going back to the... I mean, I keep coming back to the Me Too because that's, like, kind of... A lot of things stem out of that idea, right? Mm. Because when we're talking about assault, rape, harassment, we're talking about domination. Mm-hmm. Non-consensual about, domination. It's about power. It's about power. It's not about sex, you know? And uh, when people come forward with those stories, um, I lost my train of thought. Sorry, I didn't know where you were going. Uh. <laughs> no, but I think my point is, like, when we're talking about those stories it's important that everyone feel that they can be in on the conversation it's important that people have a voice for it it's important that men can share their stories as well um 
and that everyone can kind of like, I don't know. Totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's okay. We wildin'. Ah. What else were you thinking about? Um. We're just trying to solve the world. Problems. The problems of the quick, world. <laughs> real quick on this podcast. <laughs> I was I was gonna say like okay I don't know if it's a particular bad rewind rewind. Uh, I think I interrupted you. I was talking about how like yes men have historically like enacted a lot of these things. It's not to say that that's not true. Because what you had said was like on both sides, which sounded very Trumpian. Oh sorry, (laughs) I'm not not trying to excuse. Yeah, to not. I thought I was trying to say like. Not to excuse the bad shit that, that men have, have done and are doing. Oh, excuse me. But a lot of the language is, is very polarizing, and it's just, it's kind of another, to continue that division and separation is more of the mm-hmm. same of what we've been experiencing and why mm-hmm. we're having, we're in this shitty situation now where people... Um, are being exploited and mistreated. On a well, mass it's not scale. now. I mean, it's been happening. It's been. been. Yes, been, been, been. It's been, but people talking about it is maybe um, a new. I mean, it's just what's happening now. And I think what another thing that I saw come out of that and that seemed important to it was that I did see a handful of men say yes I've done these things yes I'm gonna look and then continue to be challenged you know what yeah. I mean not be like oh good for you you got your um you got your what do you call it signal boost what is it oh called? you got your you virtue, uh, signal virtue signal, signal. <laughs> you virtue signaled you got your badge you're healed and you're fine but people also challenging that being like just saying you know you've been a bad boy is not enough you know get help talk to people like learn really look really like take active strides because when i fucked up in my life like i i have i'm not i'm virtual signaling but <laughs> when i fucked in my life i've like fucking gone away by myself licked my wounds and then tried to get help wherever i could to like really heal what was fucked up you know yeah and and that process is going to be so, different different for everybody though because yeah that's true some people are going to be able to like look at themselves and be like okay, I need to stop doing this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it might be a very rare person, but some people are going to be able to do that with a snap. Some people are going to need to go to therapy and ha- have help, mm-hmm. like, analyzing what their behavior is like and helping them, like, make a plan for adjusting that. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, we're not all one size no. fits all. No, that's true. There's one uh, girl um, on, my, on Instagram who I follow, who I know from New York, who... It's going through a very interesting and public process right now on her story mm. where she called out an ex about abuse, what she perceived to be abusive behavior. Apparently, I missed this part of the story, but apparently she claimed that he raped her. Mm-hmm. She came back and said, he didn't rape me. Um, and then she got all this fallout for, like, rescinding. Backpedaling. Yeah. Uh. So all these people were like, you're invalidating your own experience. You're invalidating the people who had the strength to come forward and say they were raped. And it was like, it's just been very... And then she's like, now she's saying, oh, I'm going to go to therapy and figure out why I'm lying with a liar. Da, da, da. It's been mm. very like, whoa, like a roller coaster ride mm. watching this girl's story. But I mean, 
the end of the day, she's really fucking trying to work through it. Do I think Instagram story is the best place to work through it? No. She should probably probably <laughs> put down the phone and go see Keep some, that, yeah, go see someone who she trusts to talk to, whatever that form takes, you know? Yeah. But, um, because that's super important because women are doing virtue signaling too or like, I'm not saying coming forward as a victim is a virtue. It's not a virtue yeah. to be a victim, but like, I also think thinking that you are not a perpetrator, I guess I just think everybody is. And maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe I'm coming from my own experience of knowing where I've made mistakes. I'm sure there, 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 I'm sure there are some people that... Have never hurt someone in that way. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd say the vast majority of people, man or woman, have... Coerced en- Engaged in some form of coercion, or... harassment... Yeah. And all the way up to, I mean... Rape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly it's uh, probably... It's less women that are engaging in rape, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. And it's probably... It's more men that are... Well, and even women-on-women violence, you know what I yeah, mean? It's... Like, even just, like, taking that idea of, like, harassment and, like, the things that, that people are talking about as being, like, byproducts of the patriarchy or byproducts of misogyny or byproducts of living in a rape culture and things like that that stuff all can happen in women relationships too yeah you know slut shaming women slut shaming each other women like whatever all of these things are are all not ideals but um that's the word i'm looking Mm. for virtues I don't know they're just all ideas that our culture has seeded into us our culture our upbringing our own beliefs that we've decided we have whatever these are all things that we like we carry with us and we give we we put out into the world in various ways all the time you know yeah but yeah I, uh, at the end of the day, I'm glad there's so much conversation, and I'm glad people are becoming aware of the people you saw who were like, I had no idea. I'm fucking glad they have an idea now. <laughs> yeah, it's a little unbelievable, but at least they fucking have an idea now. Yeah. Because that's a step towards something, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah, just talking and getting the shit out in the open. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it fucking sucks that it's later, you know, but mm-hmm. I... It, I do feel that um, at least it, it, at least it feels like maybe we're moving somewhere or starting to. If in anything, way. it's it's consciousness raising. Like if, uh, yeah, the same anything that's, that's putting it. Yeah, putting it in people's radar. People's minds. Yeah. Even just talk talking about consent, like the fact that people who didn't have no idea what consent is about, that's becoming so much more prevalent. Yeah. You know, for I people mean, to talk about and have in their consciousness in every aspect of their life like know? how earlier earlier this year we were watching the bachelor in paradise show and mm-hmm. like a huge thing of that show was talking about consent mm-hmm. and the conversations that they had on there although maybe didn't really go very deep into it no it was that was the first time i've seen something like that like on a network tv yeah mm-hmm. i mean granted i don't watch that much tv but the yeah. fact that they i mean it was it it was sick that they're capitalizing off of this incident that happened. It was, as you say, PC is pop. PC, yeah, PC is pop. But I mean, still. Ultimately, it's good that that it's better. It's better it be popular. Talk about that it be popular than unknown. Yeah, 
you know. And that's it, it's good that they like talked a little bit about races play in that too. Like they mm-hmm. asked all those people, like, how many do you think race had to play in what's his name, Demario? Demario. In Demario's case, and like everyone's like, yep, yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah. The blame was shifted to the black man and where the woman was treated as a victim, like, automatically. Yeah. And that, that's huge. That's huge that that was, like, played in that way. Yeah. And that the media fucking loved playing it in that way. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the most digestible <laughs> narrative they could put out there. I mean... It's fucked up. It's... I mean, the media has been playing, like, the oversexed black person since... Fucking, they started bringing us here. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to talk about our fire party? Oh, that's a little bit of a shift. Yeah, it yeah. is, but it, it is, but it isn't, because we kind of did some careful planning in trying to create a safe and, like, welcoming environment. Yeah, there. so at the end, I think, of the last podcast, we were kind of joking about, around about us wanting more fire yeah. and more nudity. Not enough fire and experienced nudity. experienced at Burning Man. <laughs> so, yeah, we had this idea to kind of do this bonfire party in our yard. Um, a nude event. Actually, since, like, we first kind of got together, we've been talking about wanting to do more, like, nude, nudist events and yeah. stuff like that. Just let people know that they can always be nude at our home. Yeah. Because we are. Because we're pretty big. We're heavy naturalists. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, we had a naked bonfire party. Yeah, so we we sent out an invite to who we felt were our most open-minded friends, cool, down, down for whatever friends. Um, Most likely to be into a naked party. (laughs) Most likely to to not be, yeah. Most likely to be into a naked party, friends. And uh, kind of framed it as like a bonfire bacchanal there's gonna be wine there's gonna be fire you nudity is required if you're not into nudity don't come don't bring people who aren't because it's the dress we called it the undress code um that you had to be nude to attend so there wouldn't be lurkers or people who would make other people feel uncomfortable by having clothing on yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. and we asked that people bring things to burn in the fire and temba built a big thing to burn in the fire I built a couple things yeah i built a like a nature spirit effigy thing mm-hmm. and I wrote a little like weird uh poem exposition oh, thing yeah. to read before Tembo wrote he read a big monologue it was beautiful <laughs> it wasn't that big it was, a, it was a little monologue it was awesome but... yeah and I made a floral bouquet of like dried flowers and real flowers and had everyone stand around the fire holding hands I don't know I was kind of drunk but I think we talked about the power of fire we called the Jesus billboard about oh yeah there's a billboard out in our yard right now that says Jesus is alive something 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 there there is no doubt Jesus is alive or something yeah but no it was fun and I think a a lot of what went into it was us talking about how can we make this comfortable and safe safe yeah people and so, because of our experiences at Burning Man, because we never done anything like this before, what would we want to be? Like, what environment would we want? What do we feel like? Would you know, walking into a stranger's house and asking to get naked? What would that feel like for us? Not a big deal, but maybe not everyone who came does that all the time either. I would say. Yeah. So for some people, it was a new experience. Making it feel yeah like a safe space, especially for people who 
don't do something like that all the time. Most people were pretty, like, whatever about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we definitely had some, some first-timies. Yeah. But. We just, we said, we agreed beforehand that if we were naked and people were coming in, we'd ask before we gave them a hug. Yeah. Not just, like, assume we could foist our nude body upon their body. Because yeah. it's, to, you know, and we talked about that, like, is that weird, you know? Didn't we have a conversation about, like, maybe we should just not ask and then just normalize it. Like, this is just a naked body. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But I'm glad we did. Nobody thought, like, obviously no, no one cared. Everyone's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> They're almost you offended you're asking. Yeah. yeah. But I <laughs> felt is... like, I felt like that's cool. That shows that it's not a big deal to them. Yeah. But I felt like it was important, at least for my comfort, to know that I wasn't doing anything that was... Over... Unwanted. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. Just so people knew that was... Just, I felt like having them come in and know this is the environment we're in. We're going to ask for consent. So should you, you know? Yeah. And just, yeah, showing that we're being responsible with this space and with our guests sharing this part of themselves with us. Yeah. Um, in our invite, we also had, like, a blurb about consent. Like, don't touch anybody or no... Uh, don't make any unwanted sexual advances to people. Don't. I think it's uh, a. I think it's a. This is a consent-based home. Body shaming will not be tolerated. Yeah, all no, body sizes and types are welcome. Yeah, here. no touch without consent. No photos without the subject's consent. consent. Um, uh, yeah, which I think everyone followed yeah. really well. I mean, there yeah. was no no issues. We had, uh, we had like an undressing room inside where it was warm. And people could uh, put their clothing in a bag if they wanted to or just put it on the bed. Bunch of blankets and stuff in case it got cold, but I don't think it really did. We had like... We it was warm. We had two, two fires. bonfires going. It was super nice. I think it went really well. It was really nice to be able to create that space and everyone who talked to us the next day said it was really fun and it inspired our friends to throw a kink party yeah which is cool Mm -hmm. um that'll be coming up soon Mm -hmm. and yeah i think we got a couple like texts the next day like thanks for that experience it was awesome yeah which is really cool yeah we want more of that that's like and i guess to me i I, like talking about that is talking about everything we just talked about is like how to create like rippling out into your community yeah. Like, the small acts that you can do to be, like, your body's safe here. Your body's just a body. It's not a sexual body, per se, you know? Unless we decide amongst ourselves that it is, right? <laughs> like, we're just bodies here. Try to stay warm by a fire, enjoying some wine, being outside, you know? And that's just, like... I had a conversation with a friend of mine who came, who, like, her and her partner had a misunderstanding about the party. Mm-hmm. I don't think through any fault of ours, but just in their mind, they thought it was uh, an orgy. I think is what she said or her partner thought it was an orgy and she was Mm -hmm. trying to tell him no it's just a nudist party it's just nudists but in his mind that nudity meant orgy nudity meant automatically sex right yeah um so he came with this expectation that led to them having a misunderstanding and some tension while they were here um and I you know as I was like talking to her about it afterwards I was like it's really important to Temba and I that that's the idea is that like just because you're naked does not mean you have to be sexualized we want to create a space where, like, you're just a... You're we're just, just doing human, the same shit. We're just, we're just all bodies. human bodies <laughs> doing the same shit. And that's, that's like, the kind of, I think, not to glorify us, but just to say, like, this is, I guess, what you and I believe in, those small gestures where those, like, 
actions and consideration and intention that's like backed up by like our beliefs about the world at large can like ripple out to the people we know yeah and like maybe then they'll want to go do their thing they'll want to go have a a play party that ripples those ideas out to more people you know yeah i guess that's small thing that we can do to kind of shift yeah shift some consciousness the culture and the that we live in mm-hmm. and our own too because to in order to have that event we had we to have to a lot think of, about think yeah. about all the things that would go into it and what would what seemed right to us and to our community i guess you know yeah i'm excited for the next one yeah pool party we don't have a pool no <laughs> we could dig a hole well and even with the back bed stuff too i mean we're i, I think like it's not, it's, I'm trying to be like, again, it's like, and I was cast today. My friend Sarah is doing body casts, you know, mm-hmm. and she was talking to me a lot about, you know, is this okay to touch? And then she was also like, how do you, like, how do you think I should be approaching this? Cause she knows that like, this is something I'm engaged in. You know what I mean? How yeah. should I be asking for consent? And she wrote a great email when like, so that before I went to the studio, I knew what was going to happen. I knew that it was like, you will be touched on your genitals. It is not sexual touch. Your breasts. It is not sexual touch. If this is sexual to you, please do not come. Please do not come to get cast. You know what I mean? <laughs> to just like really try to set up this dialogue before you even get there, so that everyone is on the same page as possible. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And just to always be like, okay, I'm gonna do this part of your body now. Is that okay? Just like constant, like informed consent. You know. It's important, and it's becoming more conscious. People are, I think, becoming more conscious of it. Yeah, it's certainly more um, out out in the open and being talked about, which is good. The opposite of that is, like, true domination. Well. Will to power, I don't know. Opposite is indifference. Indifference. Yeah, not caring. No, the opposite of consent is like stealing or something. It's like taking. Well, it's like the opposite of the opposite of love is not hate. It's, it's indifference. Because yeah. mm. showing showing strong emotion like, shows no care. emotion. Yeah, mm-hmm. like whether you hate or love someone, you're like you're giving them something. Yeah, there's energy being move towards them. I don't know. So that's that. I think. Yeah. I think that's our podcast. That might be it. We promise we're going to do some more. We'll get another one out this month. (laughs) At least we'll get another one. (laughs) Uh, As always, if you guys want to email us, please email us. If you were like, what the fuck are they talking about in this one? And want to rant at us, feel free to do so yes email us if you have any <laughs> thoughts about anything we've said in this or any of the other podcasts not that or... we're begging to court controversy but we do like to be challenged and to grow as individuals and dialogue is one of the best ways to do that yeah feel free to tell us we're full of shit but mm-hmm. why do you think we're full of shit if you see us out looking cute in latex feel free to tell us you listen to our podcast yes <laughs> <laughs> and that we want halloween <laughs> Uh, uh, what's that email again? Oh! Cosmichalitosis at gmail.com. Yes. Cosmic with a K. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else are we asking? Oh, yes. If you make music or mm-hmm. have friends that make music, we want to start putting some music into our podcast. 
Um, so email us like a downloadable link or somewhere where we can download the music or you could just email us a file I suppose um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. our outro I guess we'll have our social media on it yep all the info thank you guys for listening you make us feel real good thank you so much love you bye bye Thanks for listening to Cosmic Halitosis. If you have questions or comments or want to yell something at us, email us at cosmic with a K halitosis, cosmic halitosis at gmail.com. Please subscribe and like the podcast. And you can follow us on our personal Instagram accounts. I am gorgeous taps and Temba is Tembizzle T E M B I Z Z L E. Thanks for listening. <laughs>